And consciousness is the thing that will create all the changes on the planet we all desire. From more consciousness comes the ways of undoing plastic pollution, the ways of undoing nuclear waste, the ways of doing things more efficiently, the, all of these things. More consciousness is more awareness and more awareness beyond judgment, which is where the possibilities and the miracles live. And so part of us getting there though, is by having the willingness to have something different, asking for it, but then walking on a path which will expose to us the places where we are limiting ourselves by our own point of view. Dr. Dane here. Welcome on the podcast. What are you most excited about right now in your life? Oh, my friend, so many things. You know, for the last 23 years, I've uh, done everything I could to s invite people to know that a different world is possible. And people are starting to get it. People are starting to realize there's something different possible. And we don't have to live with the same crap that generations before us had. And no matter how crazy it looks outside, inside it's really friggin' beautiful. And if we start looking at an outside perspective, we sort of start seeing that humanity as a collective is at a point of choice. I know you've talked about the importance of choice and how it is on an individual level. But it seems like humanity as a collective being, as a collective species, is at a point of choice. And I wanted to ask you your view on it. How are we accessing more consciousness as a species? And what is the biggest choice we're making right now as a collective? Well, let me start with the last question. And my point of view is the biggest choice we're making is are we going to create a conscious, sustainable future? Or are we going to erase ourselves off the planet? <laughs> and, uh, and what's interesting to me is, is as we look at that, the awareness that for so many people to be willing to make a different choice, they've got to go through enough suffering to be willing to give up the comfort of what is for the possibility of the unknown. And my sense is, people are actually getting there because they're looking and going, wait a minute, I bought into this whole pandemic thing. I bought into all the fear. I bought into all the control. I bought into all of this. Or there were a lot of us that were like, no, nah, I'm not buying that, you know? Um, and that was one of the interesting things to see with the people that I work with in access consciousness is they weren't buying it. They were like, wow, that's interesting. But as a, human population, I think we're at a tipping point, as you're saying, where, where people are finally willing to, they've gone through enough suffering to say, Hey, what can I do differently? What can I be differently? What other choices do I have? And what other choices do we have? And, you know, I do talk a lot about individual choice and the individual transformation, but we are a collective. What occurs for one of us on this planet occurs for all of us. 
we are in this thing together. There's, there truly is oneness that exists if we'll allow it. Well, it exists and we can choose to acknowledge it or not. And so we're at a point also where the, because if, sorry, my ADHD is often You're a factor good. in my conversation. I think I probably have that too, for sure. <laughs> uh, yeah, I'm going to say probably definitely. And uh, it's actually a gift, you know, uh, a dynamic gift actually, but that perhaps is a story for another time. But see, the, the element of separation that we see in the world, there's, there's so much division in so many people's worlds where let's say left and right are fighting for their particular point of view against the other side. And, and the people that are most distantly on those sides or most entrenched in those sides are yelling the loudest. And so we hear a lot of those voices, but my sense is everybody else is actually gravitating toward opening up to the awareness that, wow, I was trying to pick a side, but in actuality, both sides have value. Both sides have something to offer. And, and within that, what is true for me? And so worldwide, it, one of the things that I've noticed is, is when the voices of separation and division and hatred yell the loudest, that's when everybody else steps up and steps into their own awareness, their own their own search for their own knowing of what's true. And so don't be discouraged by the insanity that looks like it's out there. Be encouraged by what you can choose to live as your life and recognize that the choice you make for how you live your life changes our world. Yeah, and it's almost like as soon as we're confronted with that insanity, we immediately place a judgment or we immediately have to say a certain point of view about that insanity. And you've really talked about really uncovering different points of views and how they're creating our reality ultimately. So how can you help people understand that concept of your point of view right now is actually creating what's going to happen in your future or what is actually happening right now in the present? Yeah, well, three elements of that. Look and realize that the life you have right now is a sum total of the choices you have made up until this moment. Mm. And that's a bit of a, you know, your brain kind of goes, ah, you know, and but the life you have right now is a sum total of the choices you've made up until this moment. Well, given that, oh, by the way, one of the other elements of this is to recognize that what's true for you will always make you lighter. Mm. A lie for you will always make you heavier. And so what is lightness? Lightness is like that ah, where you can relax into it. It's, it's that sense of space you get when you go out in nature and finally it feels like the weight of the world comes off of your shoulders and you start seeing all the shades of green and hearing the birds and enjoying the insects instead of being terrified of them, you know, that sort of thing. So what's true for us always makes us lighter. So we have an internal compass that we've just never been taught to use. In fact, we've been taught to go against it, but we can use that for everything. So if something I say or anybody else says starts making, if it makes you lighter, it'll have a sense of making your, giving your world more space, more space, more sense of ease and presence for you. And that's what's true for you. 
a lie will always make you heavier. And so if you're having a conversation with somebody or, you know, browsing the internet and, you know, the clickbait title comes up on something and you click and you start getting heavy, it's because whatever the heck they're saying, whatever the heck they're talking about is not true for you. Acknowledge that and move on. Don't keep reading something that's not true for you. Don't keep engaging with something mm -hmm. that's not true for you if you have a different choice. And so if we recognize then that, that our life is a sum total of the choices we made up until now, if we desire a different future, well, how do we get there? Well, let's make different choices. It's pretty simple on the one hand. The difficulty is we're so entrenched in the comfort of the choices we know, even when they lead to our suffering, because we'd rather have the suffering we know. Most people would rather have the suffering they know because it's predictable, because if they make a choice where they haven't already predicted the outcome, it could be even worse than the suffering they had before is a point of view that a lot of people function from mm -hmm. without even realizing it. And one of the things I do is I put words to things that people have been living that they didn't even realize. And sometimes it feels like a sledgehammer between the eyes where you go, doing, you know, you hear your bell get rung. You're like, what? I didn't hear you. I know that's because it is so something that you've been doing that when I put words to it, it just does not compute. And the difficulty is we've learned that life and choice is somehow computable, but it's not. And so what most of us are doing are we're trying to get the right computation. We're trying to get the right the right amount of these kinds of choices and these kinds of choices and these kinds of choices, all the while, most people not realizing that they are choosing because people think choice is cognitive. I am going to do this now and they have to say it out loud. That's not choice. That's, well, I mean, that's one form of choice, but it's the base form of choice, the basest form of choice, I should say. Choice is all those energetic interactions you have with things and whether you decide to lower your walls and barriers and engage and interact with it or whether you decide to put up a wall and barrier and avoid it or resist it or defend against it. Even the choice to, oh, I need to defend against this person or their point of view. That's a choice. You have another choice. Hmm. You could lower your walls and barriers and go interesting point of view. You have this point of view. And why does this have anything to do with me? This is your point of view. This is your life. And in honoring that, we also start to recognize that a lot of the things that we've made personal have nothing to do with us. Mm. In fact, almost everything. <laughs> you know, we will we'll have somebody say something. I mean, have you ever had somebody you really care about? They're having a really crappy day, so they're really crappy to you. You know, and you're yeah. like, what did I do? And they're... You know, if you if you get behind the scenes, you're like, excuse me, what did I do to deserve that? And they're like, oh, man, I'm so sorry. It's not you. It's me. Well, it's always not you. And I mean, unless we're directly doing something at someone or to someone. So part of recognizing we have choice is to go beyond making other people's choices personal because mm -hmm. they're not. They have they have an entire life up until the moment they interacted with you that you weren't privy to. You have no idea what's going on for them. And that's as it should be because it's their life. So don't make what other people are doing, even when they try to make it about you, don't buy it. And now what that leads us to then is, 
is an element of being able to no longer just navigate our lives from other people's points of view. Because what most people do is they try to triangulate based on this person feels this way about this choice, this person feels this way about this, this person, and we somehow inherently know it all. It's like it's all there in our heads. And we just are trying to navigate between, you know, between the landmines and the and the barriers and the walls and the points of view, trying not to invoke somebody's judgment rather than what would I like to choose? And one of the things that can be really helpful is to there's a lot of things we could talk for hours on just this one, this one topic, because there's so many aspects to it. But one of the things I like to ask people in the classes I facilitate is, OK, so if everybody in your life died today, who would you hire back tomorrow? Hmm. Those are the people wow. that you know are a contribution to you. Yeah. And now everybody's a contribution to a greater or lesser extent. You know, there was a there was a sign my grandfather used to um, tell me about there was a bar that he went into and they had a sign. Everyone brings happiness to this place. Someone they enter and someone they leave. And, mm -hmm. um, you know, and it's it's in this if we can huh. if we can recognize that even people's judgment can be a contribution. Yeah. But what most of us do, one of the ways we limit our choices is by making their judgments valuable, by making their judgments relevant. No, it's just judgment. And one of the tools that can help is utilizing the famous Russian, Justin Ipov, which is where no matter what somebody says, no matter what somebody thinks at you, no matter what somebody judges you for, it's just an interesting point of view. Yes. It's just an interesting point of view. And it's their point of view. It has nothing to do with you. Mm. And you can actually use this. Like if you have an upset in your world that's still there. Because the interesting thing is we walk through this world and we get triggered by things. And we don't, we don't know what to do about it. That's where access consciousness comes in. We've got over 8,000 tools and ways of looking at things that are about when you notice yourself getting heavy, let's change it. Because the more moments of lightness that you experience in your life, the lighter your future gets. The more things that you choose that are light for you, which are actually true for you, the lighter your future gets. And this mm. is about an awareness that we may not be able to change the past, although we can in a certain way, which we may or may not get to depending on where we go to today. But and we may not be able to change the present, but we can sure as hell change the future. But we're going to need some inspiration. We're going to need some tools to do it because we can't just say, oh, I'd like something different. That's the beginning. But then you have to start choosing differently. And the more we start choosing from, does this make me lighter? An interesting point of view, like if you have an upset in your world, you know, we, we all know that energy that sits in our guts like concrete, you know, and if you do, so everybody, can we try something, Emilio? Let's do it. Let's do it. Okay, cool. So everybody listening, watching, if you would get, get an upset that you've had in your world with somebody that's still there and you're kind of stuck by it. Now, what I'd like you to do is lower your walls and barriers. And I say that a lot. People experience that differently. But what I notice is most people sort of walk around in a little energetic bubble that keeps people out. 
And unfortunately, what we're really doing with that, because we're infinite beings, is we're keeping ourselves in. Okay. And, and it becomes a recipe for making ourselves smaller. Therefore, we try to avoid many things rather than be present with them and look them in the eyes. And this is about getting present and looking it in the eyes and using your capacity to change. So instead of avoiding it, lower your walls and barriers, even if it's really ugly and really yuck, you know, because some people create that in our world. Some people have that in their worlds and we're aware of it. And now get whatever upset is there and just say to it, interesting point of view. I have this point of view. Hmm. Cool. Now, usually it shifts a little bit. So to whatever energy is still there. Interesting point of view. I have this point of view. And another shift. And again, to whatever's there. Interesting point of view. I have this point of view. And usually within about three times, you start to notice more lightness around this thing. Because what you've just done is you've made a choice to no longer avoid that, to be present with it, even if it's yuck. And let's face it, there's a lot of yuck in the world. Mm -hmm. And so even if it's yuck, you are there being present with it rather than avoiding it. Because the only time we create a difficulty in our lives is when we're avoiding looking at something or avoiding being present with it because of necessity, we have to stop being present as us. You know, one of the great gifts of things like meditation of all forms is you get more present. Well, I'm a big fan of being present in my whole life. I'm a big fan of my whole life being a walking, talking, walking meditation. meditation. Yes. Yeah. So this use this tool, interesting point of view. I have this point of view and it's point of view. And even though every time I go to do voice to text, Siri says point of you, I'm like, <laughs> point of view. How many times do I have to correct this? And then in that moment, I think it's very ironic and entertaining because I have to go, okay, interesting point of view. I have this point of view about her thinking it's point of view, <laughs> you know, like, okay, cool. I, I see universe. You got a sense of humor. Thank you so much. It's so interesting because almost when I say that, I realized how much of a grasp I had been holding on that situation of how it had to be that way or why did it have to turn out like this. And when you say it's interesting, like interesting for me, it's a word that just it, it arises curiosity like, oh, that's such an interesting flower right there. So it's like a, a curious mind. And one of the most important things I think of this work with access consciousness is living in the question and not expecting a direct intellectual answer. Um, I'm a person who, at many times, I can be very much in my head, very much in my intellect. And this is a work that it drops you right into your body. So how would you describe this experience of going from the intellect to now being more in your body so that you can feel when something is light, so when you can feel when something is heavy, what does that transition from your head to your body look like? Because many people might feel disconnected from their body right now. Oh, so many people feeling disconnected. I'm, I'm, and I'm really glad you're asking that particular question because I also am one heck of a head tripper. You know, it's like, you know, this thing is going all the time or used to, and it used to, it, it used to, 
the sort of mental point of view would be going as a, and it created a sense of disconnection from being present. Like it was, I don't know what it was doing, but it was having a point of view about everything, you know? Mm. And, and like you said, access consciousness is about living in the question and a question like what else is possible that I've never considered opens up a different door. How does it get any better than this? <laughs> Whenever something good or bad happens, what's right about this? I'm not getting what's right about me. I'm not getting. And you notice, cause there's a lot of us head trippers out there. And the head trippers, you know, in, in the realm of personal development, it's awesome because they know what's right and wrong and good and bad about everything. And the difficulty is they tend to use it against themselves and sometimes against others, but primarily against themselves. And so one of the greatest ways beyond that is to ask a question. Like notice when I ask those four questions, what else is possible I've never considered? How does it get any better than this? What's right about me I'm not getting? And I forgot the other one. Another good one, what is it gonna take to change this? That's a huge one. That's a huge one. And, and in that question, see the, what most people have been entrained to do from the time we were little kids is number one, have the answer. Number two, make sure it's the right answer. And to such a degree that that what we've learned is is to conclude everything otherwise we're wrong and so we even conclude oh this choice will lead to this and i can only do this if i have this and i and what that does it kills the miracles and the miraculousness yeah. one of the things that access does is access the consciousness that's already within you so you can actually live the miraculous life of your dreams that you're here to live that's why we're here we're not here to suffer we're not here to be normal we're not here to and, and Spiritual is one or spiritual personal development. You know, that's one path to exploring more. But unless we're willing to go all out consciousness, we're always going to be missing something because consciousness includes everything Doesn't and judges judge. nothing. Mm. You know, and, and in so many worlds, the, the spiritual reality has become a new religion. Personal development has become like a new religion. Like, I nuh uh my guru said this was right and that's wrong. Therefore, you're wrong. No, no, no. You're missing the point, people. <laughs> the point is, unless we're including everything and judging nothing, we don't have us. And we sure as hell don't have access to the miraculous us that is the us, which is why we're here, mm. which is what we're looking to do and be. And so to your question, we think we're going to get there from our head. But in actuality, we get there from our choices. We get there from our experience to see how that actually turned out. Mm -hmm. We get there by choosing things that we can't predict the outcome of and having the experience. And that's living, you know, and so many people are trying not to live. They're trying to live from their head. So, so they don't hurt anything. So they don't mess anything up so they can control everything and make sure because there's so much pain and suffering in the world. I'm like, it's only pain and suffering because your point of view creates your reality. And your point of view is that it's pain and suffering, but we can change that point of view. Now, how do I know? 23 years ago, I was going to end my life. I was out of here. I was yeah. done. I had been doing spiritual work. I was opening my second chiropractic practice. I was trying to create miracles in people's lives and nobody was interested. And I sure as hell didn't see it in my life. And one morning I woke up and I was finally done. I had gone to yet another weekend workshop. And by the end of the workshop, you know, Sunday night, I'm like, yeah. Ah, woo! This time I finally found the answer. Yay. 
And by Wednesday of the following week, the friggin' universe caved in on my head and I was unhappier than I was before the workshop. Wow. And I was like, I'm done. Universe, you got six months. Either my life actually changes, I get happy, and some friggin' miracles start showing up, or I'm out of here. Well, <laughs> universe, show me a sign. <laughs> That's right, universe. And I literally planned a date, okay? Because I, it was not about me wow. making a statement to have people reach into my world. I didn't tell anybody. I was just done. I was done with the life I was having. And I knew there had to be something else possible. And if there wasn't, I didn't want to be here anymore. So I planned this day to end my life. And then I came across Access Consciousness, had an hour and 15 minute session and went from angry at the universe and myself, depressed and suicidal and wanting to die in an hour and 15 minutes. I had a gratitude for being alive that I didn't know was possible, that I always hoped was possible. And I'm like, dude, universe, if it feels like this, I'm in. Let's what exactly go. in your energy shifted that day that I'm really Everything. About. And I huh. and I say that not everybody that has a session has that experience. Okay. I need to make that very clear. But we did something called Access Consciousness Bars, which is a light pressure, light touch technique that's done on the head. And, you know, we've done studies, we found that it decreases anxiety, stress, and depression, an average of 87% with one session. And so, so that's what I had, I, I had never heard of this stuff. But I was like, Okay, well, what do I have to lose? Either when I was booking the session with the girl, I said, What's the effect? She went, Well, at the worst, you'll feel like you had a good massage at the best, your whole life will change. And in the back of my head, I was like, Well, my whole life better change or I'm out of here. What do I have to lose? And I thought, okay, this will just be another one of those things because I was one of those people who did so many things. So many things. I was so good at doing those things and my life still wasn't changing because I wasn't changing the fundamental basis of judgment that I'd built my life upon. Mm -hmm. And that's what I see people in the world thinking is going to get them somewhere different, but it always leads them back in the same loop to the same place on the merry-go-round, just at a different level. And so what this is about is a different set of choices, but they're not predetermined. It's about us tapping into our own knowing finally mm. and following that knowing, but also having tools to change things in the trenches of life when shit just sucks and you don't know what to do or when you want to create something and you have no idea how or when you know miracles are possible, but nobody's ever shown you. It's like, it's about that. It's about us living from a totally different space that nobody else has ever experienced before. But we can actually be the ones that chart the course, but not from that, come on, everybody, you need to go for us as us. And because the only thing that truly changes our world, the only thing that makes other people desire more is seeing somebody who has the more that they would like, seeing somebody actually living it. Because until you the experience, yeah, because until you see somebody living it, you hope for it. But if you don't see anybody who has it or is willing to be it, if you don't see anybody who's willing to walk through the pandemic happy, you don't know it's possible. But when you see people making jokes, being happy anyway, saying, yeah, you can try to get me down, but I'm not going, you know, like do whatever you need to do. You do you. That's fine. But um, I'm actually having fun being me. I'm going to acknowledge everything going on for everybody. No problem. But I'm not going to let it swallow me up in the cesspool. 
And I mean, that's just one example. And the interesting part about that is like you and I were speaking before we hit the record button, you know, and you were talking about, hey, one of the things I love about you is your joy. Let's let's go there. And I'm like, thank you. I'm so grateful. <laughs> and I and I have to say also, I was at a place in my life like I always wanted to be the one to make people laugh and smile. You know, it's like if I weren't doing this consciousness thing, I might have considered comedy um, just because I love to see people laugh and smile and lighten up. You know, it's it's one of the greatest things in the world for me. But that's how we all are when we're being us. We see we we in this world, we we are sold a lot of lies. And one of those lies is if you're happy in the midst of people choosing to suffer, if you are living your life for you, then you're going to be a selfish, arrogant prick and you're going to be diminishing other people. That's mm -hmm. not actually true. Somebody who's a selfish, arrogant prick is not somebody who has a sense of themselves or somebody who specifically does not, which is why they're that way. When you start having a sense of yourself and what's true for you, your batteries get full and then you can actually be a contribution to people in a way you never imagined. And so we've got things twisted 180 degrees. And part of what we need to be willing to do is untwist them. Yeah. And part of the way we get there is by being willing to explore what is true for me that isn't for anybody else. And those questions, what else is possible? I've never considered. What's it going to take to change this? What's right about me I'm not getting? How does it get any better than this? How much fun can we have creating a different world and a different future together? Mm. And I love this concept that you mentioned that the biggest way to influence change is to be the ex the living example of of the shift of the change and you mentioned earlier that there's 8000 plus tools in the access consciousness whole repertoire of of tools that you guys have and i'd love to know out of all the 8000 what sort of mystical life-changing experiences you've had when using these tools uh in the recent let's say six seven months <laughs> oh oh my friend that there are so many literally literally so many that in i mean in six months it it would be easier for me to you know, talk about maybe the past week, because number one, I don't remember anything that occurred six months ago. Um, I literally like I can go on my calendar and have some memories like, oh, I was there doing this, you know. But one of the great gifts of this is I hear about people's miracles all the time. Mm. Like I have one friend who works with um, who works with youth who are in the the juvenile what is it? Uh, not juvenile prison, but juvenile detention system. And he actually uses these access consciousness tools. And it's interesting because when you use something that is so different than the norm, even though it makes a lot of sense, you know, sometimes you get a lot of flack for that. It's like, oh, you know, because they say every new idea goes through three stages. First, it's totally ridiculed and you're said, you know, you're from the devil and you're terrible. And then people start seeing the value of it. And then it becomes like, oh, yeah, of course, this is the way we do it, you know. Mm -hmm. And so anyway, so this guy had been using these tools and he was getting flack from certain people. And I said, hey, do you are you going to make that more important 
are you going to make the gratitude that the people you're working with have who are actually finally all these people, so many of the people that he's working with this uh, want to talk about a miracle. OK, mm -hmm. these people who have been in the system for their parents had been in the system. OK, their parents had been to prison, been in jail, whatever. These kids are, quote unquote, disadvantaged using drugs, et cetera. They're in the system now. A huge percentage of the people he works with start saying, wow, I didn't know it was possible, but I want to create my life. And they get out of the system. OK, wow. they actually start to go on and start to ask these questions. What can I choose? I've never considered what else is possible. But also they start using these access consciousness tools and they start creating their lives. And so, I mean, that alone, just that in the stories I've heard from him in the last couple of months is it just if you heard nothing else other than that, you'd believe in miracles. Yeah. And you'd know that the miracle is within us to be the miracle. So the other day, he leaves me a message and he said, wow, I've been asking to be the miracle. I've been using these tools. He said, we just had a change in our um, administration for my particular department. And these guys want to know what I'm doing because I'm getting results that nobody else is. And they're sustainable. Yeah. And I went, oh, yeah, this is awesome. So he went and he told them what he was doing. And one of the things he was doing was giving them a copy of my book, Being You, Changing the World. He says, read this book and write a report on it. OK, <laughs> knowing that after they go through all the tools in this book, they're going to be able to see life from a different place. Right. Sure. And he said, Dane, he said, this is truly a miracle. He said, the new administration is so grateful he said, they are buying books for every one of our clients, all of these kids that we work with. And I went, are you kidding? I will gift you the books. Wow. And this is something where, and I know that on a one hand, it may sound like a personal story. And I really don't mean it that way because this is not about me. This is about how we be with each other and what we can be being us and how that impacts others around us. This man being him is what's really doing it. But he also has these tools that he can share to make it repeatable, to make it sustainable, but also to make it growable mm -hmm. for people in their lives. Yeah. I'd love to talk to you about the magic of words, because sometimes words actually feel like a limitation. Sometimes we use them in the wrong way. Like just last Friday, I was in my university. I heard three different people mentioned to me i want to die i'm like whoa <laughs> what they're like i'm so tired i want to die i'm like bro like that's some powerful stuff you're saying because the universe or whatever this infinite consciousness that we're communicating and we are part of we are that doesn't know you know doesn't differentiate what we say to it. it just computates as you said it just takes it in and it's like oh you want more of that okay we'll give you more of that you want to create illness we'll create illness you want to create health we'll fire the genes that will create health so when you guys are going about creating these tools and putting something such as the clearing statement together to help dissolve the energy uh, in the space how do you go about putting the right words together because sometimes words can feel as we said limit limiting how do you go about putting the right pattern of words together and questions to empower the individual instead of disempower 
That is a, man, you asked some of the best questions ever. <laughs> so good. It's easy so, with you. It's easy. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. So here's the thing. They're the, what most people see here that, sorry, here's the thing is most people are not energetically congruent. In other words, the words that they say are not matching the energy that's coming from them. Like if you've ever had somebody go, I love you. And you're like, that didn't feel like love. That was, are you sure? Are you sure you know what love means? You know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> and so what I do and what we do in access to the best of our ability is take the word, like use the words that most specifically match and describe the energy and go from there. And what that does, it has the effect of undoing because we all inherently know. One of the aspects that we all have is that we all know. In other words, um, as an infinite being, you have infinite knowing, yeah. infinite perceiving, infinite receiving, infinite being. So we all know and yet it gets twisted into a limitation called thinking. Our thinking is not our greatest gift because like, for example, knowing is greater than thinking because you can know things that you've never been taught. Plus knowing is instantaneous and knowing has no computation to it. So what we do is we use that to acknowledge what is for people and we use it to ask them questions that will allow them to acknowledge what is true for them. Like I was working with somebody um, who was, she had a, a lot of things going on, but one of which was anger. Mm -hmm. And she's like, when this happens with my daughter, I get so angry. And I'm looking at this person, I'm like, that seems so out of character for you. And so in my head, what I do is I'm like, wow. And here's four questions that you can ask to help start changing anything. What is this? What do I do with it? Can I change it? And if so, how do I change it? So I sort of live from those questions um, and especially while facilitating. So she was talking to me about this, asking for help. And I looked at her and went, question, who are you being when you do that? And she went, oh my God, my mom. And I was like, whoa, okay, gotcha. She <laughs> was channeling <laughs> your mom. Yeah. And we use the clearing statement to start to change it. But what was interesting is to realize how many of the behaviors that we function from are not actually ours. We learn to duplicate our mommy and our daddy and all of their energetic points of view, not just the things they say. We do that, too. But far more do we pick up on the subtle energy of, of sort of the structure of their reality and their points of view, mommy and daddy. And then we become some weird conglomeration of it. And so we're kind of them, you know, by the age of two, by the time we can start talking, we've already absorbed basically their energetic views on the world, on everything without even realizing it. And then we live from that and not that for a while. And then we become teenagers and we're like, which is why the teenagers that resist and react do it because they've already become their parents trying to fight against their parents is the only way to try to have them. And we see this a lot in people's lives that they think the only way to have them is to fight against somebody else, but fighting against somebody else is not necessarily choosing for you. Mm. So, so in this, in asking her, Hey, who are you being? 
it was a wonderful opening in her world because she had never considered that she's being exactly with her daughter the way her mom was with her. And so I said, okay, will you destroy and uncreate that? In other words, will you make the choice to undo wherever and whenever you chose that? Because we're not going to get there cognitively. We've accessed the energetics of it. But this is where choice comes in. Will you make the choice to let that go? And she said, yes. And I ran the clearing statement and you could feel her world lighten. And I said, okay, think of not only her world, but everybody else in the room who was doing something similar. And, and it was interesting to be able to perceive that, that dynamically. And then I said, okay, so think about your daughter. And she got tears in her eyes. She's like, oh man, <laughs> she's like, she's actually as kind and caring, as powerful and as brilliant as I was that my mom could not have. And she's like, you know what? I'm going to be different now. I'm actually going to acknowledge that in her. I'm going to tell her every day how grateful I am for her. I'm going to tell her what I see in her that's great about her. And I'm going to stop trying to expect her to be perfect as though that means I'm being a good mom. And this, like, like it's, this is how in moving forward into more awareness and more consciousness and consciousness is the thing that will create all the changes on the planet we all desire from more consciousness comes the ways of undoing plastic pollution, the ways of undoing nuclear waste, the ways of doing things more efficiently, the, all of these things, more consciousness is more awareness mm -hmm. and more awareness beyond judgment, which is where the possibilities and the miracles live. And so part of us getting there though, is by having the willingness to have something different, asking for it, but then walking on a path, which will expose to us the places where we are limiting ourselves by our own point of view, like this lady was doing with regard to her daughter. And you could imagine that every time she was that way with her daughter, it reactivated all the crap that her mom put on her. And her mom was doing the best job her mom could do with the tools she had available. She just didn't have any tools. You know, it was a different time. That's why I'm such a big proponent, a big fan of giving people tools because for those that desire a different choice, having a different perspective and a tool to use to actually get there is one of the most amazing gifts that we can have. So you can imagine just this one lady living differently with her daughter. And, and did she do it perfectly? No. Did she go to, you know, do the same thing again and have to catch herself and go, oh man, pock and pot all that, which is mm -hmm. part of the clearing statement. Yeah, but that's okay. At least she has something now. And if you look at just the lightness in that one woman's world, because her daughter's with her all the time or a lot of the time, right? So the lightness in just that one, one person's world, I mean, get the ripples in that. Her no longer being this way with her daughter, she's no longer in judgment of herself. She set herself free from her mom while setting her daughter free from her while setting them both free. So now there's more lightness in the household, which is going to affect dad and the brother. Okay, which is going to affect when they go out into the world, are they going to be heavier and crankier? Are they going to be lighter and actually looking for possibilities? And also the fact that this thing is able to change, which had been a big thing in the family for everybody, because everybody can perceive it, lets them know that shit can change. We have the capacity to change things. We just need to figure out where we're being unconscious and make a different choice. Use a tool maybe to undo where we lock that in. 
And you see one person literally changes the space of the world. Yeah. yeah. And that part of the clearing statement of, of the boys, the Shores boys and beyonds is you explain it as sort of there's there's this like an onion. So we have layers of energetic layers to us. So when we're releasing something from our energy field, what allow like what new possibilities can we allow in when we truly get to the core, which is who we are? And it's it's magic. It's 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 a miracle, as you said. Um, shifting gears for a moment, I wanted to ask you, who are the X-Men? The, as you said, the mutation of the species to help us function in a higher order. X-Men, X-Men. us and most of the people listening or watching. And we started talking about it in the realm of those with ADD, ADHD, OCD and autism are actually the X-Men, the mutation of the species to a higher order of function. And so those with ADD and ADHD have the capacity to hold simultaneously realities, uh, si- uh, different realities in their awareness simultaneously. And it's just which one is the bright, shiny one they're gonna focus on at the time. But X, mm-hmm. uh, AD, people with ADD and ADHD are so nonlinear in their functioning that they have tremendous capacities if they don't make it wrong if they're not judged for it. And so ADD, ADHD, people with OCD, this is an interesting one. People with OCD have such a high level of awareness of everyone and everything around them and they've never been shown that it's not theirs, that they can actually use that to know what's going on for people and how to navigate in business situations, in family situations, in relationships, in how to create different things and then People with autism don't have a right brain, left brain function. They cannot connect to the matrix and make it real, which is very frustrating to the people who want to try to make them linear and make them understandable. And we found ways of working with all of these people to acknowledge their capacities. But, and should I say, one of the, one of the beautiful elements of looking at this is recognizing the number of people that have elements of this that don't even realize it. And it's part, what it is, is for any superpower you have, let's call it superpower just to acknowledge it and also just poke people in the eye. Um, You know, because what do you mean superpowers? It's like, I can't, I don't have lasers coming out of my eyes. (laughs) I'm like, I know you got something far greater. You got other capacities. But for the people, what I've noticed is people have this, most people out there walking around, let's say 50% of the population out there walking around has these to a greater or lesser degree. And those are the people that tend to be highly sensitive. And when you're highly sensitive, it's actually a superpower, but we're not taught what to do with it. So it seems like a disability. No, it's a superpower. One of the things we show in Access is what do you do with this? How do you actually go out there in the world and use it to create more of your life and to have more of what you desire? And it's the same with ADD, ADHD, OCD, and autism. Like I meet people, like I, in a sense, am a very highly functioning autistic. Like I have these autistic tendencies and capacities, you know, like I don't really like looking people in the eye when we're in person and 
why does an autistic person not like looking people in the eyes? Well, they've got such a high level of awareness of what is going on for the person that they can't figure out, but they can also perceive all the places the person isn't looking at what's going on for them. So it creates this cognitive dissonance. It's like, whoa, once again, a level of sensitivity. And I meet a lot of people who have elements of this that when they start to acknowledge it and start to acknowledge it's not a wrongness. And one of the things that we say in Access is what if everything you thought was a wrongness of you is actually a strongness of you? And I have so found this to be true. And it's not just a phrase, it's an acknowledgement. It's an acknowledgement of what is. And so the recognition is that all those of us that desire more consciousness and, you know, before this, you may have thought, oh, my eyes are open, I'm conscious. I don't need more consciousness. Well, more consciousness is that space of awareness beyond judgment, beyond right, beyond wrong, beyond good, beyond bad. Beyond that is the criterion for what's choosable and possible. And also beyond what has been as though that is the only source for what can be. And so those of us interested in consciousness, I've seen way more often than not are actually the X-Men who have these different ways of looking at things, these different capacities, these different awarenesses, that when they learn to use them, start creating things on a totally different level than they knew was possible, but then anybody else sees also. Hmm. Yeah, it's beautiful because I'm highly a fan of all those superhero movies and the X-Men and Marvel. And yeah. one of the things I'm fascinated the most with is that a lot of people, as we're going through this evolution of consciousness, they're tapping into more higher level functioning such as psychic abilities people are beginning to channel more people are beginning to remote view there's a lot of different abilities that are locking and we've talked a lot about that on on this show um where do you see that headed in the future of people tapping into more of these abilities and what type of world are we creating when more people become psychic as you said well, I'm going to put it this way. We're all psychic. We just don't acknowledge it. Mm. And if we actually get there, then it will be very tough for anybody to lie to us, including world leaders, politicians, etc. And my sense is we will start demanding energetically, not from fight against, but, but asking for demanding statesmen to show up in our world rather than politicians. Whereas statesmen are those that are actually have everyone's best interest at heart. And my sense also is, and we've been talking about this forever about how miraculous we are, but the encouraging thing to me is to see how much people are finally willing to hear that and start exploring that because it's not just, you know, we, we've, seen so many books and heard so many stories of so many people who I died and then I woke up and I'm a miracle with everything. And you're like, okay, I think that's awesome. Great <laughs> acknowledgement that that's possible, but that's not the way it's going to occur for the vast majority of us. The vast majority of us are going to go, oh, this sounds awesome. I'm going to have that. And then something will present itself to you where you can change a little bit of your stupidity and when I say stupidity, I mean something we all have, because to not know how miraculous you are, you have to make yourself stupid. 
So we'll change a little bit of our stupidity, a little bit of our limitation. Mm -hmm. And you notice when I say that, that's not a judgment. That's a fun poke at us being stupid because we're all stupid sometimes, mm -hmm. you know. But the more fun we can have and the more fun we can poke at our limitations, the easier it gets to get to the miracles that we are. And the other thing that is that we need to change, though, is defining what a miracle is. It's like, I'm miraculous if this. Oh, I only know I'm miraculous only if this. Because what, what happens for certain people is they start exploring, going on this road of, wow, this sounds like a way more fun way to live. And they start creating things, you know, like parking spaces or people calling them and they start becoming aware of it and, you know, that sort of thing. And yet they have the assumption that it must continuously become what they call a bigger miracle for them to really be getting miracles. So I have a suggestion for everybody. Start a miracle list on your phone. And I used to say start a gratitude list, you know, and everybody in the world talks about a gratitude list because it works, which is awesome. But I found that a miracle list is way awesomer huh. in that every little miracle, everything that's miraculous. Like I have some messages that I receive, you know, because I'm in threads where hundreds of threads with thousands of people and get thousands of emails and messages, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And there are so many of them. I just put the, I put the person's name and the date because it's a miracle. What they tell me has changed. I'm like, this is awesome. And what I want to do, and what I do is I go through and celebrate and in just writing it down. And once again, it sounds like I'm talking about me, but I'm just trying to give you an energetic example. Like you get a message of somebody who's totally grateful for you, write it on your miracle list. Like maybe you got a free coffee or maybe you got a discount or maybe you got something for free. Write it on your miracle list. And people are like, that's not a miracle. I'm like, actually it is. And not only that, but you start to get enthused because you realize, because a truly miraculous life is not made up of big miracle, one big miracle or big miracle after big miracles made up of thousands of tiny little miracles. And you've got a choice. Okay. This thing occurred. Like, for example, I have a white peacock who I'm surprised he hasn't been saying hi today. He's probably out visiting with the ladies out in the other yards in the neighborhood. <laughs> he, tends to, he tends to like to do that. He's a peacock after all, you know, got to show his feathers to somebody. But oftentimes he'll he'll come up and be like, yeah, and <laughs> like he does. And there's certain times where he's just like where he comes up just when I need the input, you know, and I'm like and I named him Zazzle. I'm like, Zazzle. It's going on my miracle list, you know, mm -hmm. and see this happened, right? My, my peacock come and who gets to say I have a white peacock, but he's anyway. <laughs> um, and, and he comes up and just the right moment. I write that on my miracle list. Why? Because will that happen? I've got a choice. I can go, Oh yeah, there he is again. Or, Oh, Hey, good to see you. Or dude, thanks for being the miracle I needed in this moment. What does that change in my life you know what does that change in how what energy i get to be and so doing this miracle list for every tiny miracle is one of the greatest gifts you can give yourself and i i can totally understand how cheesy it may sound to people and you know i would have thought that before too and um i'm like wow it is so cool and that is if you tap into that energy that is the beginning of us because if you look at it, miracles sort of have a wavelength, but it's not just one wavelength, but they've got a, they've got a particular vibe, you know? Yeah, yeah. And most of us are trying to duplicate that vibe mentally, but it's not a mental vibe. Mm -hmm. It's a being vibe. 
And when you're vibing more with the miracles, it's got more of a sense of the miraculousness of everything. And that's when asking you shall receive becomes way easier to actualize and get to. And, and you start to realize that asking you shall receive is actually how the whole universe truly does work if we will allow it to. Mm. When you met Gary Douglas, um, it, it, that was a whole an amazing story when you guys met and you're moving. He asked you, he went mm. in for a chiropractic um, session and he just said, you'll know what to do. You start moving your hands around. He, he's moving. He's a channeler himself, Gary. Uh, but one of the things that I learned about you is when you guys met, a lot of um, situations and, and issues around money were going on. And I'd love to know how you gained this wisdom to create more abundance because I feel money is an issue that a lot of people, actually, pot and puck, uh, people do not struggle with money. Um, it's their limitations around it. So how do you create that change to then draw in more abundance in your life? Well, first I want to say go to theclearingstatement.com. Okay, where you can hear about this clearing statement, which is this pod and pock or pock and pod that Emilio and I have been talking about. It's free. It's 20 minutes of us explaining it. Uh, my friend Simone Millicis and I are explaining it there. Please institute it in your life. It's a way of changing anything that's not working. So I want to say please go there partially because it's essential in changing our points of view about money. And the thing about money is we all have all kinds of points of view about money. Most of them are not ours. One of the things we have in access is the awareness that 98% of your thoughts, your feelings, your emotions, and your points of view, and all of the stuck places in your life are not yours. We've been picking them up. You know, we talked about uh, picking up energetically from our parents. Well, we've been picking this up like a big psychic radio receiver ever since we were little kids. And so nowhere is that more solid in most people's worlds than money. So we have to realize, number one, everything you bought about money from mom before the age of two, everything you bought about money from dad before the age of two. And if you'll listen when I or if you'll notice when I say that, you'll notice that energetically you get something. You're kind of like, oh, you kick me in the guts there, bro. You know, but that's the energy you've been functioning from regarding money. And it's not yours. So everything you did to buy that, will you now let it go, destroy, uncreate it, please? Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine, shorts, boys, povads, and beyonds. There's a clearing statement. Now you know why I told you to go there, because I don't have 20 minutes to explain it. So yeah. um, short form is pock and pod, just pock and pod all that. And I was doing an interview the other day and I was explaining this and I haven't done that because it takes so much backstory and I just finally went, you know what, I'm going to say it. And if people are interested, they can go figure it out themselves. And I told the lady how it works. It goes back to the point of creation or the point of destruction, the point of creation of where you created a limited point of view that you've decided is true. And now you're living from it and invites it to dissolve. It's the consciousness of you. And she looked at me and she went, yeah, of course, quantum physics. I was like, oh, my God, <laughs> finally, someone gets it. And I was like, well, now oh, that yeah. you said quantum physics, I just <laughs> want to ask you a real question. Is is a point of creation, 
is there a possibility that we can create things from maybe a past lifetime? Have you seen that occur? Oh, totally. Mm -hmm. I, in fact, I've seen that most of the limited crap people can't get to, a, not most, a huge amount of the limited crap people can't seem to get to and change isn't from this lifetime. Wow. Especially in the areas of relationship, money, bodies. I mean, I, man, Amelia, we could talk for hours. I mean, just there's so many stories, you know, so many things that this has opened up. It, like just, uh, just, you know, that little exploded head emoji. I have yes. had that so My many book. times <laughs> in the last 23 years because I was like, oh, this is what's really going on. Because the way I work when I work with people is they'll ask me something and I may have no idea, but I start asking questions. What is this? What do I do with it? Can I change it? How do I change it? I ask them questions and whatever's lighter, I'm like, okay, well, let's keep following this. And then we'll use the clearing statement to change the stuck things that come up. And by the end of the session, the person's like, whoa, I am so different. And they go change that area in their lives. The area just shows up differently for them. And so, but in that exploration, that open-ended exploration, the thing of like, for example, limitations from past lives, uh, implanted points of view, so many of these things that I never knew existed are what set the person free, which is why I was like, okay, well, I guess even though I feel like it's time for the little men in white coats to come take me away, apparently we're onto something because it's actually creating the change. So we were talking about money. Money, more than anything else, is a function of what you're willing to receive or not receive. Every judgment we have of anything or anyone, including ourselves, limits our receiving. So the if we're gonna if we're gonna break money down into a couple of things, one is getting over all the points of view you bought about money and it being bad or it being good, it being right, it being wrong. And also all the points of view you bought about what it's going to take to create it, who you'd have to be and not be if you had it, who you would gain if you had it, who you would lose if you had it, because that's one of the biggest ones. Because whether we know it or not, the people we feel comfortable around more than almost anything else, unless it's family status, is financial status. And if you'll notice, most people have a similar financial status to their family. And those that don't, those who have far exceeded it, tend to get made wrong by their family like their family's like you just don't love us you don't get us anymore you're one of those people and that is something we will avoid rather than creating what it is we desire to create and so these are all things that that we can address but it you know it's a probably i want to put that out there so people can sort of let it play in their world and do their own personal research because each of us has our own points of view that we can change. But as we change those points of view, the, the, the tunnel vision toward no money starts to open up into, oh, it comes way different than I thought it would. It, 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 money is totally different than what most of us think it is. It's a willingness to receive. And also, though, a willingness to receive to such a degree that we would be judged by others. Because once again, we're comfortable with the judgments we're getting now for the amount of money we have or don't have. We know what that's like. We don't know what it would be like to be judged for having too much money. And I just started a money class and my first question to them was, okay, um, what would happen if you had too much money? And you would not believe the answers that came up. And I'm like, okay, who would you have to be to have too much money? 
And all this stuff came up, including, no, I wouldn't be spiritual and all this. And I'm like, yeah, that's why I'm interested in consciousness. Consciousness includes everything and judges nothing. Uh. Primarily also one of the questions I ask people, because a lot of people that are listening to this are struggling with money. Now, how do I know that? Because I used to be one of them. So I totally get it. And please know none of this, none of this is an, a judgment at all. This is an acknowledgement that we have been creating this with the points of view we have adopted. We can change our points of view if we're willing to be different tomorrow than we were yesterday. And we are fully capable of doing this if we'll choose. Mm. But the one thing I like to ask people is, can you change the world more with money or without money? With, with money, <laughs> with a lot with of money. <laughs> And it's easier and more fun. So what if money's not the evil that we have been taught to believe it is so that only the evil people will have lots of money? Why don't we flip that shit 180 degrees? And why don't and by the way, the whole idea of evil is another point of view. For me, the only evil is when you disempower somebody and take away their choice. But that's a story for another time. But why is it that we in our point of view that only evil people have money or that money is evil, we then see quote unquote evil people who have all kinds of money. It's like, well, okay, number one, what if we don't have to fight against any of that? But number two, what if everything we've been taught is evil about us is actually our greatness and our light? What if we've been lied to and what if we've been lying to ourselves? And what if now is the time and now is the space to open to the awareness of how truly great how truly phenomenal, how truly miraculous we are, and to choose the consciousness of us beyond all these fixed points of view. Mm. So everything that doesn't allow that and doesn't allow you all to perceive it, know it, receive it, and be it if you choose, your choice, kids, your choice, your life. Right and wrong, good and bad, pot and pock, all nine, shorts, boys, povads, and beyonds. We're constantly choosing we live in a free will universe, which we sometimes forget. And yeah. And Dane, I completely loved this conversation. I would continue to talk to you for hours, but I know I want to respect your time. Um, we finish off every podcast with a final trio, really rapid fire questions that you can answer in any way that you want. Um, and if that sounds good, I would love to just also share with people where they can find you, where they can get these tools, where to connect with you online. Um, if you, where would you send people for that? Uh, com. And uh, if you need a pick me up in your world, you can go to beingyoubook.com. And there's an, oh, wait, there's a Being You app. On the mm. App Store, Access Consciousness, Being You, or Dr. Dane here, Being You, Changing the World. Go get that sucker. Yes. It's free. There's all kinds of videos. There's all kinds of resources. There's just, there's so much stuff there. And I keep <laughs> forgetting about it. You know, <laughs> anyway, you know how you launch something, you're so excited for about three weeks, and then you're on to creating something else? Well, that's me. So it launched several months ago. And, um, but yeah, go check that out. Or go to the website. There's so much free stuff. And, and just check it out. And if you, know, if you wanna play, play, please. Your play, your joy, your sense of ease and enjoying your life is a gift to this world. So why not choose it?
Yes, we'll link all that in. And now for the final trio, the first two questions are personalized to the guest. And the last one we ask at the end of every single show. The first one is, what was the last greatest miracle in your life? Oh, my goodness. The last greatest miracle is something I don't have words for, but it actually occurred this morning. And how do you explain feeling like a huge number of the secrets of the universe you hadn't figured out actually just got downloaded to you? Mm. And like, I, I don't it. I have no words, but let's just say the way it, the way whatever this is showed up for me and it's on my miracle list is this sense of of connection and communion with everything like no need to resist anyone the mean people the nice people the plants i mean you see my backyard it's like oh man just a sense of of an even deeper more wonderful sense of oneness sorry that was such a long answer very tough to describe but a lot of people actually suddenly have those you know, Satori moments where they awaken. We recently had uh, Richard Rudd, the creator channel for the Gene Keys, this huge body of wisdom. Uh, he went through a three-day, three-night sort of awakening moment where he just felt connected and could download and access all questions of the universe that he had. Um, so it's it's completely possible for anyone to, to be able to access that, access consciousness. Um, That's what it's all about, baby. <laughs> the second question we have for you today uh, for the final trio is what is living in total sexualness mean to you? Well, sexualness is healing, caring, nurturing, joyful, generative, expansive, creative and orgasmic energy. And notice nowhere in there is the word copulation. Copulation is putting the body parts together. And that's where things get confusing for a lot of people. Total sexualness is something that you have with your body and your interaction with every molecule around. Like imagine being a dolphin plus a hummingbird plus an eagle plus a tree plus a fungi uh, and having no separation from any of the elements of what is available, but also what your body actually is. It's where the power that we can actually have with our bodies actually exists. And it's also a space where you have an immense amount of gratitude for the gift that your body is. And you don't have to have any shame about any part of it, no matter how it is, what it is, and the judgments actually in your entire world start to cease. Mm -hmm. And that's also where you become a healing source for people. And their bodies mm, completely different than living in our heads all the time <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> so for the last question dr dane we have we have to travel a little bit out into the future for this question we call it the time capsule question and essentially we're out 15 20 25 years into the future where young generations will then be in leadership positions 
and you are given the opportunity to fill a time capsule. This is a energetic time capsule. It's not an actual physical one because you can fit in anything that you want in there. But you were asked to put in all the tools, wisdom, frequency, anything essential that you would want the next generation of leaders to open up and be able to grasp all those tools that you've left behind as a legacy and lead the new world forward. What would you include in this time capsule? Well, I would include every single tool that we have in access consciousness and how to use them. Hmm. But what that would open up in somebody's awareness is See, I would, what I would actually include if I could is anything that contributes to more consciousness. And I don't believe access consciousness has the answer. That would be going directly against everything I believe, which is consciousness is where everything exists and nothing is judged. What I would do is anything that contributes anything to their ability to know themselves better, to truly choose consciousness, not the right and wrong thing that most people say is consciousness that isn't. Mm -hmm. And to actually have the awareness that we together can create a sustainable future. But what I would like is for that time capsule to be open now, because unless we start making some <laughs> different choices, we're not gonna get to a sustainable future in 25 to 50 years. Mm -hmm. And the other thing I'd like to do is if I could now, today's generation, I would like to invite them to know that what they have been taught by their parents may not be who they truly are, nor the only choices available, and that their parents in trying to make up for the wrongs of previous generations may not have truly acknowledged what a gift these kids can be if they actually start to put their attention on being present in the way that they can and actually using their energy to create rather than try to check out and never confront anything. Because mm. we got some brilliant young people and some of them know it. And there are a lot of them that have been lulled into the idea that they don't have to do anything and everything will be handed to them and taken care of. And some of those people are so brilliant, they just have been taught that they shouldn't be that actively engaged in their lives. But if they choose to actively engage in their lives, these people will create miracles. Mm. Powerful, powerful stuff. And the last part, right before they open the time capsule, and this is perfect for you, there is a question on the cover mm -hmm. of the time capsule and you can leave behind any sort of contemplative inspirational question for whoever opens this time capsule in the future. I'm going to have a couple. What else is possible that we've never considered and what can we be and choose that will actualize it? <sighs> and if it is our birthright to create the future, what can we now be to actualize that as our reality? Mm. Dr. Dane, 
You are an inspirational humanoid. I love this conversation, brother. Thank you for showing up so authentically in your play, in your humor, in just the way that you are in this world and bringing so much wisdom down, um, channeling basically a lot of stuff that humanity needs to hear. I'm really grateful and humbled to have had the chance to chat. I would love to do this again. I look forward to it. I thank you also, Emilio. This has been an honor and a pleasure. Thank you, brother.